Hello and welcome to Let Me Introduce You, the food business podcast where I introduce you to the most amazing producers, entrepreneurs and consultants who work with me to help me build stronger, healthier, better versions of food businesses. I've been building teams to work with food businesses for over 25 years now. We're taking you behind the scenes in my business to meet some of them. I'm delighted that for our final episode of season one, we're meeting and chatting with Helen Lyons. Helen helps media companies to grow their businesses. And she and I met over 20 years ago when I became a judge on the Quality Food Awards. And we have worked together since then several times, helping her to build the awards process, helping make sure that people who enter Food and Drink Awards get great feedback from judges, helping recruit judges, helping looking at the judging process to make sure that it is fair and transparent. And I have done that with Helen on the Quality Food Awards and then also on the Irish Quality Food Awards, which I was involved in helping her build and also helping put the kitchen process in place there. And then most recently, Helen has a a joint venture with uh, 55 North, the publishers of the Scottish licensed retailer, and they have created the Scottish Retail Food and Drink Awards together. And I had some input into the judging process there and also helped recruit judges. So I am really looking forward to dipping into things with Helen and hearing how she came to be in this niche within the food industry and just to hear about some of her journey through food as well. So where I wanted to start off was, how do you describe your current role to other people? What do you say you do? It's really funny, isn't it? Because I I asked my children the other day, Mm -hmm. do you actually know what it is I do? And they went, "Uh, you eat lots of food. Yeah, no, apart from that, what else do do I do? You test food. Yep, I do that as well. But it's not just that. I would say I help media companies. Help media companies to do what? I help media companies to grow their business and to help their businesses to achieve their full potential. Great. And I would say from all the time I've known you, that is definitely what you do. It is funny though, isn't it? Because people close to you don't always know what you do. And yeah. and it's good. I mean, my mum still, when she tells people that I work with food, they say things like, oh, could she do my daughter's wedding? Or you're <laughs> like, no, wouldn't know where to start. But, you know, it's, it's funny how just because everybody has food in their lives and in their homes, they don't necessarily always understand how broad a topic it is and how much there yeah. is going on. My kids, when they were little, used to absolutely love it. I worked on a trade magazine, B2B magazine, in the food and drink convenience retail sector. Yep. So when there was a new Kit Kat being launched or if there was a new Walker's Crisp being launched, I would get samples and I would bring them home. Well, the kids thought I was the coolest mum ever because they were getting... New stuff before anyone else did. Before anybody else. So it gave them some real street cred with their friends. Isn't that great? Well, I've just been asking all my neighbours questions about confectionery products. So it does. um, And quite often I'll go and if if, if I've asked for something for a photo shoot or something, we normally get far more than we need. And because I don't like waste, I'll go and give it out to everyone. And then I'll get a call from somebody going, 
We found a cake on our doorstep. We assume it's from you. We hope it is. We've just eaten it. And I'm like, it was from me. So <laughs> You're a cool neighbour to have, definitely. A cool neighbour. I know. It's handy, isn't it? So that's a, that's um, how, how do you describe what you do, which is brilliant. And I think that's summed up very, very well. When did you first get involved in food and drink in media? Obviously, I happened upon media as a real mistake, as a happy accident, which I think many, many, many people... How fortunate for the rest of us that you did. I never, ever planned in my life to be a publisher. I was a publishing director in my my company before I left, Mm -hmm. and that was not on my plan. My childhood dream always was to be a policewoman, and that was what I wanted to do. I left school when I was 16, and college wasn't on the agenda for me mum and dad although hugely supportive they weren't in a position to uh, you know afford for us to go to college so I wanted to be a policewoman and I always wanted to be a policewoman ever since I could remember. And did you apply? I did apply Mm -hmm. and I was accepted into the Kent police as a cadet which I was hugely excited about and then I fell in love with somebody and didn't go and married that person and Mm -hmm. um he ended up being a policeman. <laughs> so funny? I, had my, I had my police vicariously. I, I, I had a police career and then my son is a police officer and I've got nieces and nephews who've all had police careers. So in many ways, it perhaps... It's a bit like if a fortune teller had told you you were going to be in the really police, strange. it may be. Yeah, that's amazing. My first career was in a bank and then Gosh. I left bank and had babies and then I did all kinds of odds and sods. I worked in, a, in an opticians as a practice manager with my sister. And with job shared and one of our customers was a really wealthy guy and I used to love it when he came in because I knew I could always sell him good glasses so I'd bring him into my trust and um, he said to me one day you're in the wrong job you know you come and work with me I've got a publishing organization That's so amazing. Then, yeah right then I'll come I can't do full time I've got kids and they went absolutely fine and he put me on a magazine called Footwear Today. And I worked on a magazine um, about the footwear industry, which I loved. I threw as good as they, shoes, I know, at a week. I mean, I was happy as Larry. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I thought, hmm, I can do this selling thing. I, I can do this. Because uh, I wasn't afraid to get out there and no. talk to people and make friends with people and form relationships. You're one of the best networkers I know. You really well, are. All of a sudden, this kind of new kid on the block, this magazine was very tiny, ended up being a market leader. I thought, oh, this, I, quite, I get this, I know how to do it. So then I then got fed up with working for a small independent publisher. I went to one of the, the country's largest publishers, Read Business Information, and I applied for a job as a sales manager on a magazine called Checkout Fresh. Which was for the fresh produce industry, Mm -hmm. an organic focus, which was for the very, very, the organic uh, sector, which was caught in its infancy 20 years ago, 22 years ago now. And um, I joined the biggest publishing company in Europe and I was very excited. What I didn't realise at the time was actually that portfolio that I joined uh, was up for sale. So I was put there to sort of guard, to push it forward whilst it was being sold. And it was announced that our portfolio, the whole of the grocery retail portfolio, was being sold to an independent publisher. And everybody went mad. They didn't want to go. They had the comfort of working for this incredible... Huge company. 
huge company to have to go to a startup publishing company. And everybody moaned and whinged and whined. And I said to my new bosses, you've got my total support. Whatever you need me to do, I will do. I will help you and work with you. And I was one of the few people that actually said that to them. And they promoted me at that point to the group sales manager, which was a job I didn't have a clue how to do. I was well and truly out of my depth. And at that point, I became immersed in the food and drink industry. And if people say to me, what do you do? I would always say I work in the food and drink industry. Well, actually, primarily I'm a publisher. Primarily I publish magazines. But mainly around food and the fact that you have so much interest in food and drink and that you're so passionate about it is what makes you so good at doing that. If you didn't, if you weren't interested in what you were doing, it would be very difficult, even with your sales skills and your... Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I have worked in a number of other publishing um, environments in the motor industry, in the Irish medical industry, in I've published a travel guide. So I've worked in lots of different sectors. But actually, I knew that I was only ever paying lip service to them. I love the food and drink industry. And to this day, I still absolutely do. I'd love working with supermarkets, helping them to enter awards and win awards. Um, and in the convenience channel, which is where my heart absolutely lies as well, helping independent retailers more to have a, a magazine that helps them to run their businesses uh, more efficiently. So immersed in the whole sector, which I've really enjoyed from the big boys to the independents. So I can see and all the small startups and all the huge companies. It's phenomenal, isn't yeah. it? There's such a breadth there. Nothing help. Nothing makes me happier. We. You know, I've worked on a number of food and drink awards, as you know, yep. and that's how we met, of yep. course, with uh, when we were at the Quality Food Awards. And I don't mind saying that brand because yep. I'm very proud of how long I worked of for what, it. And what you built it up to. And what we built it up to. And one of the things that I was always absolutely passionate about was honesty and transparency in everything that you did around that judging process. So I would say to really senior people in the industry yeah come and take a part of our, our judging happy to, happy for you to do that there's no secret we're honest and we're transparent and then of course you came in and said this is great but I need you to do this I need you to do this and you helped me to grow and develop that brand to get to such a place where we took it to Ireland and we went into a totally new marketplace and here's a story about the Irish quality food and drink awards Bruce Langlands, who you interviewed in a few weeks ago in your podcast, he phoned me up. He was working at Superquin. He phoned me up uh, when I was working on the queues. He said, look, Helen, I've got some amazing products that I want to put into the awards. And I said, I'd love you to, Bruce, but you can't because the rules of the QFAs at that point mean that you can't enter your products because you come from the Republic of Ireland. He went, OK, well, why don't you come and launch the awards in Ireland then? So I Oh, okay, that's a good idea. And that's where the seed started? That's where it did. And you remember yes. our first couple of meetings in Ireland with Duns. Yeah. Bruce had helped us. So this is what yep. we talk about, the importance of relationship, isn't it? And it's about people knowing about your trust, your transparency, your honesty, the fact that you and I would talk about things and I would say I wouldn't suggest that person or I wouldn't do that yet because... I don't think it's right. And and I recently was helping somebody recruit 
and said to them, I'm not prepared to give you these people's numbers yet because you're not ready and they're going to do it based on my introduction. I have to be sure that you're ready for them too, you know, and it is, it's that trust that we have with people that makes it possible for us to do that. Yeah, but also, you know, I, I pride myself on on working with, with, with other experts. I'm not a, a food expert. You're the food expert in our relationship. So you would say to me, look, Helen, I don't think it's the right thing to do to go along that particular journey. With It might be something you needed to add into the judging. It might be something we did we weren't doing right with the judging. I will listen to your advice and I will take your advice because that's the trust that I have. It's that mutual trust. In, in, your, in your expertise in food and drink. On the media side, I can, you know, I, I'm very comfortable with that. But you you helped us to shape the, the, the judging process, making sure that all the entrants got feedback and, you know, why are they entering this award? Yes, they want to win a, a, a food award, but actually there needs to be more than that. Let's yes. make sure that all of this incredible feedback that is spoken about in a judging room gets fed gets back, back to, to them. the entrant. And, of course, we spent a long time, if you'll remember, oh, yes. figuring out the best way to do that. And developing systems to do that and things. And, yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? And we were way ahead. And, I mean, funnily enough now... Most food and drink awards would offer people feedback, but at that time, nobody did. No. Nope. And so we nope. had to find the way to do that first. Yep. And it, it was quite labour intensive, as, as I no doubt you know to help all recall. But, you know, I, I'm very proud of, of that fact. And in, in Ireland, you know, in a very short space of time, the awards became hugely successful. But then after a while, it felt like it was time for me to move on people used to say oh you know your awards and they, they weren't my awards they no. weren't my my project although I felt like they were because I cared so much and you treated them like they were yours you know you behaved as if they were your own business yeah but but the relationships that I've formed throughout my 20 years of working on all those brands both on with the supermarkets and with the independent channel and with the supermarkets and the food producers enabled me to say, do you know what? It's time. It's time now to do something different. And that's when I launched, stepped out, and did my own thing. And hey, you know, I've been there for twenty years. I had a massively secure job and a job that I relished and enjoyed. But it felt like it was the right thing to do. And that's what I did. And, and it was been... all very exciting. And we launched a, a new event in um, Scotland. I felt there was an opportunity to do a standalone event in Scotland which of course you helped me Bruce helped me and I linked up at that point with Anthony Begley who is the managing director of 55 North yep. and I said look I need a media partner to help me get this brand established and he saw the real benefit of that the opportunity to get more of Scotland's amazing food and drink on food and drink shelves at retailers in Scotland it aligned quite comfortably with his magazine, which is an outstanding magazine for the independent convenience sector in Scotland. And so we went off and we had a terrific launch. But then, of course, COVID thwarted our plans slightly. But um, but you just you just built 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 back after it too. Really did, and, yeah. and I mean, you got amazing media partners in Scotland. Yeah. You know, for your yeah. first time doing something like that up there to have national and weekend newspapers come on board and support you and things is 
testimony to both of your reputations, definitely. Yeah, and so Anthony works in a very similar way to, to I do, and um, he holds relationships, you know, ex- extreme, have a great importance for him and trust, and his reputation in Scotland is fantastic in the convenience channel, so, and with the wholesalers and cash and carry, so it, was, it seemed like a really great Perfect. fit. And it's lovely because I'm now working with him on a number of projects within his magazine as well, which I'm very, very delighted to do. So, yeah, I mean, that has been amazing. And you've just run your first year's judging and and we had to do that differently because of COVID. And we helped you look at how you would do that. And you became a distribution hub, which was unbelievable <laughs> and organised all those products and got them out to judges. and. We had a very different experience as judges because we were cooking everything ourselves and doing things. And so there's now a discussion, I'm sure, to be had with you about how you move that forward and how you retain what was good about last year, but make other things easier for people again. And and so how you run your judging going forward. And I'm really looking forward to seeing. Isn't it it funny? That that moment in my life that when we realised that we needed to get the product out to be judged by all of our judges and we had to do it as efficiently and effectively as possible, there wasn't anybody that would care quite enough to make sure that every single one of those products was wrapped carefully and lovingly and sent to the judges. Because I I always say, we always say at the beginning of the judging session, this product here, this jam, this pizza, this marmalade, this bag of crisps, whatever it it might be represents somebody's reason for going to work for the last 18 months developing this product we absolutely have to treat this product with the total respect that it deserves and this was our first awards so i didn't yeah. want to risk somebody not oh you're still going missing uh, no. I, I wasn't prepared to do that so at that point my local my local pub hotel wasn't particularly busy at that time. He had space. I said to him, look, do you mind if I have all of my deliveries coming into your hotel and then I'll get a little working party, which was my sister and my husband came and packed up all the boxes and made sure that everything was sent out to all of our judges. And it was perfectly done. We really didn't have hiccups. That's the sort of thing you have to do to, you know, always people say, I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty, but when it's your business, you haven't got any choice, you can't pass it on to somebody else. So that's what we did. We had all the frozen products came as well to us. So I had to go out and buy a freezer. I had to go, I went on the Facebook marketplace and got another freezer from somebody else and a neighbour, stocked all those freezers up and it was a bit of a nightmare. Uh, You know, it's not something I would choose to do again, but it worked. And... Judges learned a lot by preparing all their own food and things. Yeah. You know, saw things down. People who had judged with you for years and had food prepared for them and given to them and things found some parts of that process of making it all themselves and looking at it and things very different and interesting so. and valuable. And so I think, mm. you know, going forward, you have to look at how you can manage that and keep what was good about that process yeah. in the judging totally and you know nothing makes me happier now we've we've we had a number of small producers who in scotland who entered the awards they were finalist or uh, or a winner they've had some tremendous feedback about their product development but some of them already have had listings in 
in Spa in Scotland. A couple of bakers have had listings yep. in Scotland. And, and great introductions to lots of interesting products. To me, is just like fantastic because it's actually doing what it says on the does what it says on the tin. Yep. Enter your awards, and you're not just putting it into your product into a black hole. We will keep nope. talking to you. We will give you feedback. We will let you know what's going on. And actually, hey, if you win, you might even get some supermarket interest, and that's happened. And you're setting yourself apart by being part of it. And in a year when People are finding it hard to get retailers notice because the retailers are adjusting from the fact that all everybody wanted to buy, buy was toilet roll and flour. And then that's changed. And, you know, I mean, th- nobody knows what, what normal looks like just now because we've never come out of something like this before. And so a lot of people are nervous, but there has been great interest in things that did well, which is fantastic. Yeah, It's like really yeah. useful. Massively so, yeah. Amount of and money now I keep spend. saying that now is the moment for smaller food and drink producers who've got a, a real point of difference. Now is your moment, and I really believe that. And we also always say, don't we? Good stuff rises to the top, and yeah. simple things, well done. done well. Yeah. It doesn't need to be the, you know, the version with glitter on it or the whatever. It's just good food shines out, does its own yeah. stuff in a lot of ways. You can help it, but you can't make bad food good. Mm. So and I think we we always, you know, we talk about as part of that the relationship thing. You know, the relationships that you and I have got within the industry that we can call on, and with Anthony, of course, yep. say, "Would you like to help us judge this new awards?" Well, really, what's it about? So we can share that with them. But because of the relationships that that we have within our network, we can bring these guys in, and they kind of don't really know what it was all about to start off with but they said well as it's as it's you house as it's jane and anthony yeah of course we'll help you so we found ourselves with a panel of phenomenal the most judges. incredible panels of judges every day i know superb <laughs> it's a different zoom call every day in a different zoom call but you know and you know we had amazing support with with anthony's team um his his awards admin team who we couldn't have done it without them which is the whole thing the idea was here and i couldn't do it on my own it's about a team thing isn't it massively um so the new the, the judges the partners the sponsors and the whole thing all those component parts coming together actually the result is something much much bigger so yeah so it's been a it's been a it's, it's not been without it's fun and challenging I can assure you here's to the next one which is great isn't it it's fantastic and I think if you can do all that you did in your first year with all the restrictions and everything it's going to make it seem like a breeze the next time you do it (laughs) yeah we can only hope we can only hope no it's it's exciting stuff it's very exciting times who um when you look back at all that you've done today who has been a role model for you in how you approach your work or who have you learned from? And I say sometimes good or bad, who have you learned from? Because I can think of examples of people that I think I never, ever want to make anyone feel like that person made me feel. Mm. And you can learn as much from bad stuff as you can good stuff. So I say if it's if it's bad stuff, don't name them. Yeah. <laughs> if it's good stuff. You know, it's I te- had, but it's, I'd just be interested to know what you know where you were working in, and in in terms of my career, 
without a doubt, there's two guys who were my managing director and publishing director when we got sold by Reed and moved yep. to our new company, Roy Greenslade and Tony Greville. They, it sounds terrible, they really appreciated the fact that I threw my support behind them. The team that I was mm-hmm. leading, the sales team that I was leading at, mo- at that particular time, I really encouraged them to come, come along them. this journey. And this retail portfolio to them was terribly important because it was one of the, the biggest portfolios for them. But they just showed, they taught me so much because I didn't have enough publishing experience mm. then. I had no idea what was expected of me, but they kind of trusted that I'd be able to do it. So they Which accepted the mistakes that I made. And I always owned up to any mistakes that I did make. And of course, I made many, but they helped me on that journey. And Roy, and he would if he heard me talking about this now he would say I would say he he could have been a bit of an old curmudgeon sometimes but my goodness me he supported me massively I always said he gave me wings and helped in in the publishing world and helped me to fly into the world absolutely and unfortunately we stayed in contact for many years and I we haven't for some time and then Tony Greville he was my publishing director and again he had that rare commodity which was called time and no matter how busy he was I would say can I ask you something and he would put his pen down and he would take his glasses off and he would listen and he would give me sanguine sage advice that I would take and those guys definitely helped to shape my career along the way Um, but they knew about me you know they knew and they cared about me they knew that my dad wasn't well for instance they knew that one of the kids were off school and they wouldn't berate me for not turning in because they knew they'd get it back twice as much later twice as much yeah so these are both really great examples of people that have helped you encouraged you but have also shown you by example I would say a lot of the characteristics that I have seen with you when you've been supporting teams and bringing teams on and things that I think you know all the people in your team, you know all their backstory, you care about them, you facilitate whatever they need to get out of things and, you know, you you really let them lean on you and you're not game-playing or anything because you're so straightforward. They all know where they stand and that's why you've had such long-serving teams and so much loyalty from your teams too I, I genuinely care about I genuinely mm. cared about any people that have, have worked with me in my team I remember once going to a conference and I remember hearing a guy a very very senior guy from PepsiCo talking and he said day one I've got a challenge I've been given a challenge by somebody today you have to lose all of your brands or you lose all of your people now, don't forget, he's talking about walkers and we're talking about mm-hmm. the biggest brands in the world. He said, that's not a problem. I lose my brands today. It's my people that are there, are the custodians of my brands and the custodians of my business and will help us to develop new ones. Those words always resonated with me because people are the most important thing in any business, end of, to make that business work. And I, you need to bring your the people with you. And and make sure they're looked after and everything. And then they'll look after your customers. And that's, they're the people that are meeting your customers. Yep. You have to, 
you know, advocate for people that work with you, but you need to know them as well. Mm-hmm. As you say, you need to know their backstory. You know, I've worked with people in the past and they wouldn't even know first thing about me. How do they know how I tick? You know? And and what motivates you, scares you? It's just not it's not good management. No. No, not at all. So no. people, people, people is one of the one of my mantras, but I, I you know that. Yep, a hundred percent. It definitely is. People often talk about stepping outside of their comfort zone, like you can't grow unless you step out your comfort zone. You've mentioned some things that you've gone into where you didn't feel, you know, that you knew everything about it, but you've learned it on the way and things. What is it that when you look back now, you think if somebody had told me 25 years ago that I would have done this or that, what is it that amazes you that you've pushed yourself to do? God, sometimes um, I can remember when when some of my awards were at their real kind of peak Mm -hmm. and I had all of the supermarkets involved. For one, we had all the supermarkets involved. And I can remember going up on the stage to do a a welcome. And Mm -hmm. I'm standing on a stage at the Grosvenor House Hotel with my posh rock on. Now, I've been running around all day packing bags. I've been running around packing bags or making goodie bags or laying tables or checking you know, place cards. Checking things and... out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I walk up on the stage and I go, Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the whatever award it was. And I think, How can I be doing that? Because I used to get incredibly nervous about it, but latterly I didn't. But I used to have a thing. My dad always used to say to me, he always used to say to me, Helen, you're a Lancaster, my, my mm-hmm. maiden name. You're a Lancaster. You put your head up and you put your shoulders back and you show everybody what you can do. And every time I went on the stage, I get upset even saying it now. Ah, I can um, see you tearing up. Oh. So I used to say, I used to say it out loud, put your head up and your shoulders back, girl, and do the right yeah. thing. Because that was my dad pushing me. Yeah. So that's the funny thing, isn't it? That was my secret. And that there's somebody else that encouraged you. You know, your parents Maybe. had utter belief in you and and would always have supported you. And that's phenomenal too, isn't it? We're all very lucky if we've yeah, got families yeah. behind well, us got as me, well. Uh, okay. It's funny, you say these things and it can t- tip I you know. off. And I'm, <laughs> obviously, I'm quite emotional as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's good. What what have you learned about yourself now that you wish you'd known earlier? Or that is there anything that you think, oh, I never clicked? I mean, I, I can say I did loads of project work when I was doing my degree. That was how it was done. It was all projects that we handed in. And I loved it. But I never, I was kind of 20 years in, 10 years into work, 10 years in. And my boss said, you are more entrepreneurial than you are part of a company because you love this kind of stuff you love starting it from scratch and having nobody's done it before you and building it and you're not necessary because I had done a big job with Greg's and then it, it could have coasted and I could just have stayed there but I was like what else can you give me to do I need to be doing something or and and he said to me you're a project person. You love sorting things out. And that's what my consultancy does. We sort things out for people and then we hand it back to them to maintain it and we help them sort something else out or we help somebody else. And I did not click that. And and in fact, it was after I had had the chocolate brownie business. Somebody said, I said, I don't like 
when my days are the same all the time. So on the chocolate brownie business, not a lot changed, just what season you were in and things. But a lot of stuff had to be done every day and repeated week after week. And it drove me insane. It wasn't my part. And so I very quickly passed that off to other people. But I, I remember saying to somebody, I don't like doing the same thing all the time. And they said, like, we haven't known that about you for 20 years. And I said, I wish you'd told me 20 years mm-hmm. ago then. Because you don't always see it in yourself the way other people do. What do you think you've learned about yourself now that you wish you'd known sooner? Okay, so I'll just quickly, I refer to you as Mary Poppins. So as you come in with your your your, your bag and you you open the bag and put the hat stand up and your umbrella on the hat stand. So you do, you dip, 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 you fix things and you get things right and you think, that's it. Now put the hat stand back in the bag and off I fly. And off we go. And that is. And off you go. So that's kind to. of how you do. You sprinkle your, yep. your sort of magic dust on stuff and get people into the right position to move forward. And I think that's something that I can see. Yep. With, with you um I thought that I was going to be working for a company until I retired I really did I just thought I was going to be there forever and I'd I'd walk away and they'd give me you know a little speech before I left and that'd be it and I'd sail off into the sunset and be retired well obviously that's not going to happen is it just yet I'm not quite ready for that mm. um so I never thought I'd step out of that comfort zone but actually and this is in no way disrespectful I actually realized that comfortable zone that zone actually wasn't that comfortable. No. You know? And you, you weren't think it, growing as much as you could in it. Yeah. It's really strange. It's taken me a long time to to to, to learn that. But actually your comfort zone isn't actually necessary, necessarily your comfortable place. No. Because actually now I have, you know, complete autonomy to run and run my business the way I want to I'm very fortunate I'm working with incredible people who I really are loving working with which makes that a lot easier yeah and it's certainly no it's not like any walk in the park of course it's not because anything that's going to be successful isn't but I love just the freedom to make my decisions the autonomy uh, and the autonomy and I love being master of my own destiny. I love too that if you don't enjoy something, you know you don't have to do it again. Absolutely. If you don't like working yeah. with somebody, if you don't think somebody's got the same values as you have, you can step away from it. And that, to me, is one of the best bits about running your own business. Completely. And I'm I'm, I'm very fortunate I'm, I'm working with an organisation at the moment where it's everybody works really hard to achieve a, 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 a brilliant set of results. And, you know, yeah. I'm, I, I choose to be there. And, you know, it's not because that's where I've, I've been for the last 20 years. It's because I no, choose to be there. Um, so I think that's one thing that's been a real big eye opener for me, that actually your comfort zone isn't that most comfortable place really no step out of it and you might find something even more comfortable and that's probably where i am now that which is phenomenal isn't it that just you can probably you. guess that as well jane can't you that you've been seeing me through yeah yeah and i and i would say you know now you have control over so much where before sometimes you might have had or you might not always have had but now yeah. you do and it's got your values all over it and so that's a much better fit for you. I'm very, very, 
proud if that's the right word yeah. very very proud with the, with, with the career they had the brands that I looked after and I was I was looking after them I was their caretaker for a little while totally and they they now going on to the to the next journey so it's it's lovely it's, it's as it should be and and you also have been able to you know go into new things that stretch you differently yep. and things yep. and yeah and and take what you've learned from everybody else you've been and and build on that so that is fantastic now you and I both share the fact that we cannot sit near a bowl of crisps without finishing them (laughs) I also know I always think of you anytime I'm slicing cheese because I think Helen can hear cheese from five miles away being cut butter as well yes butter we we have that as well I uh, funnily enough I went the other day to buy butter locally and I got Polish butter from a Polish shop and I was trying to make sure because it said on it 82% and I was thinking 82% what and I didn't read I couldn't read the Polish couldn't understand it and so I said to get on the staff because I was worried that I was buying 82% butter 18% marge or something and it wasn't going to be what I wanted when I got home and and in fact it was 82% butter fat and then the rest was other milk and so we had this discussion in the shop and she said it makes good sandwiches and I said does it make good cakes and we were laughing about it but and it does and it's been beautiful butter and I would go and buy it again and very fresh not much salt in it just really which I like although I love salty butter too so um it was good it's good stuff but yeah so these are all things you love what have you eaten recently that's excited you what are the your new discoveries and things that you I had lunch um, at a fabulous, fabulous restaurant recently in town. And because my memory is so... Was it Fallow? Yes. Yes. That was a wonderful experience, Jane. Yeah. Oh, you know, because you've got you, because of course, yeah. And I had wonderful food. Absolutely wonderful. And everything you ate excited you? Yes, it did. Now they did, on the menu was cod head. And I thought if I was if I was very very adventurous I might try that but I didn't but what I did try was quite delicious and quite different Brilliant. so yeah that was my best latest Good. eating experience and in terms of things you've bought and brought home to cook what have you had recently that's excited you this is I've just been trying gusto can you believe yes and I'm I'm terribly excited about it actually because I get stuck in a rut. I think, oh, mm-hmm. I can do my lasagnas or spaghetti bolognese or whatever things I do. I get bored with mm-hmm. the same old, same old. And I overcook, I overbuy, I waste food, and I use too much cheese, too much butter, too, too much cream, blah, blah, blah. So I thought, I'm just going to try this, but it's actually, it's, it's it expanded you what you Yeah. So I love some of the recipes. They're really tasty in it. And it teaches you about using different herbs and spices because they yep. give you these little tiny pots and stuff for you to you know, do It would drive you insane because you would hate all the waste and stuff. No, 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 no. I know. So, and I, and I mean, I when we go overseas at Christmas time, we very often take simply cook spice kits with us. Because right. then you get the rest of the recipe and you get the spices rather than being somewhere self-catering and wishing you had spices with you and things. You know, I mean, they all have their place. Mm. Well, this Gusto journey has been quite Mm -hmm. nice. It's it's quite flexible, so I'm not wedded to having it every single week. But so, yeah, so we've got um, some linguine of some description tonight because I have my Gusto box today and it's terribly exciting when that arrives. So, yeah. That's lovely. Yeah, so that's my little um, housewife tip, handy hint of the day. Yeah, but that's that's, (laughs) that's a great thing, isn't it? We're... 
going away this weekend for a week and I am taking a meal kit from Hopper's Restaurant, the Sri Lankan restaurant with us. Mm. Their barbecue kit to do on Saturday night when my nephew and his girlfriend are coming just for something different again. It's just yeah. stretches you into something that you might not have done. I wouldn't normally have done Sri Lankan on the barbecue. So no, it'll be good. It'll be a good experience. <laughs> what would you tell anyone who was starting a business like yours that they should make sure they do early on? What would you say? Something that I haven't done properly is get, you know, the, the, the lifeblood of a successful business is that you've got a really robust accounting package and accounts, an accountant and know what you can and what you can't do. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, bearing in mind, I've, I've run quite reasonably sized yes. P, big P&Ls in the past. I've not been particularly diligent on that. So I would say definitely make sure that you get your company set up properly yeah. and be sure about your market. Be sure about what your your goal is. What is it I actually want to do without floundering? I did yep. flounder a little bit when I first, I knew I wanted to do these awards in Scotland, but it took me a while to figure it. Terrific. So I had a clear vision of that, but have a really clear goal of what it is that you want to do, but your foundation has to be right. And <laughs> mine hasn't been particularly, that's just because I wasn't being particularly organised. So that's probably the only thing. That's that it, That's an easy thing to fix too. Yes, you know, I lots know. of good people that can help you. So give us a shout if you need any recommendations. So I think that's, I think these are sound, sound things, aren't they? <laughs> If you could sum yourself up in three words, what do you think those three words are? Oh, it's going to sound schmucky, isn't it? Uh, It's not. um, Loyal. I'm always loyal and I care about Mm. people. Yep. You know, and it's about people, really. People, putting people first. Yeah. Loyalty. Yeah. And empathy. Uh, Again, I talk about my dad. That's twice a day. But Mm -hmm. he always used to say, do the right thing. Very true. And if you could start a conversation and finish a conversation by saying, no matter what that conversation is, you've got to do the right thing in life, no matter what it is. Yeah. If it's in your work, if it's driving to the shops, in, in it counts. Yes. And my my brother, he used to be in the police. Oh, surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. He left. He lives in the Highland of Scotland, and he's written a number of books, of which I'm terribly proud about mm, him doing that. And one of his forwards in his book was – as my dad would always say, do the right thing. So it's a bit of a mantra. So you, Isn't that lovely? Do the right thing. That's brilliant. Thank you very, very much for coming and having a chat. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for listening to Let Me Introduce You, the food business podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe in Apple Podcasts or wherever you pick up your podcasts and make sure you don't miss an episode. Please leave a comment to let me know what you enjoyed or connect to me at Jane Milton Food on Instagram or at Food Networking on Twitter. And if you found this helpful, we'd love you to tell other food businesses about it too. See you next time.